What is going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. So I found Taylor Pill um, via the College Sports Graphic Design Group. Uh, like I kind of mentioned to you guys, uh, I think it was about last week or so, uh, I was looking for some inspiration for my cross-country graphics. Uh, I've been waiting for this job for five years, haven't been able to come up with anything. Um, I found uh, the Marantha Baptist graphics over there, and I, I looked up Taylor, uh, did some research on him once I saw his name. Um, that's usually how I find most of my people, is just if you're active on social media, I'll see you, just like anybody else. But uh, research his name, turns out he is oh, not only an SID, but a coach uh, with the men's soccer team at Marant- Maranatha. And uh, so we had to talk about that. We had to talk about... His dad's influence, not only is he an assistant coach to his dad, but he's also the SID to his dad, which is an interesting dynamic that we definitely talked about. Uh, we'll talk about uh, his path, working for his alma mater finally, um, working through sport, his upbringing in sport, as I mentioned, uh, that and much, much more. Or also, uh, finding quality student workers is another one that we talked about, which I, I think was a great discussion um in a great piece in this episode so um what i need you guys to do now is go over to sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter uh we are having an event coming up for our two-year anniversary in october the event will start in september um and well the promotion for it but then some week in september we're more or less going to be doing the event and then we will announce the results of that um in the coming weeks after that towards the two-year anniversary timeline. But you're going to want to be on our newsletter. Uh, If you are not, you will not be able to take part in this event. Uh, And it involves voting, having your voice heard. Um, So go ahead and go over there. And as always, newsletter people, they get everything first. They get a nice little shiny InDesign doc that I send to them every Thursday morning around 6, 7, 8 o'clock or so. Uh, That's usually when when I wake up and when I get those stuff out there. So, but that's, I need you guys to do that. And I don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. I also need you guys to go over to wherever you get your podcasts. And if you don't know how to find this episode or show on uh, the iTunes app, the podcast app, there's a nice, neat little video on our Twitter feed and Facebook feed at Sports Infocast on both of those. And you can follow us too. Uh, It'll show you how to get to us. And once you're there, you can rate and review straight from your phone. You can also go to Spotify, leave us a rating and review, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, uh, what is that, TuneIn Radio, places like that. You can find us just about anywhere that you get podcasts, which I think makes us very, very unique in that aspect. So uh, another thing that we got going on, guys, uh, is our email and our website. I know that I kind of I started, I started linking these episodes straight to iTunes now. And for the most part, that has worked. Uh, I used to do it with our, our website, but we did do kind of a redesign of it. There are several templates you can pick from via Fireside. And uh, I picked a new one that I think it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot smoother. It's the individual episodes. Nothing gets really overlapped with anything. Um, the banners look better. Uh, everything just looks better in general, all leading up to this event we got for our two-year anniversary in October. But... For now, we will go on with our episode trend every Thursday. 
starting with episode number 88 of SIDcast with Taylor Prill of the Maranatha Baptist Sabercats. And we'll start off with uh, how his new soccer team is looking this year right here on SIDcast. Yeah, so I'm, I'm an assistant coach on the men's soccer team here, and uh, yeah, it's, it's looking like it, we, we could be good. Uh, we just we had a couple of key guys that we lost last year, uh, one of our captains, and then a couple of key guys in the middle of the field. But uh, we're returning a good core of young guys. This uh, freshman class that came in that was really deep is about you know eight eight or nine kids that could you know contribute to playing time. Uh, they're going to be juniors this year, and they it's just a really good group of guys. They they just really are uh, are eager to improve. They like each other, and they know each other. Um, so they, they just really good chemistry going on there. They're going to be juniors this year. So, you know, we'll see. It's like anything can happen. You know, some kid can have something come up, and he can't come back to school in the fall or whatever. So a lot of times you really don't know until preseason, but it's uh, it'll it should be a good year. I think we're looking forward to it. Awesome. And before we kind of get into your background or anything like that, uh, can you describe to us what – your balance is like being an assistant coach and being an SID because I had to catch you, what in between kind of your pre preseason, right? Yeah, yes, we start preseason next week. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard balance, but um, thanks to thanks to the people I get to work with, it's doable. Um, so, you know, we have the men's soccer team and the assistant coach there. We practice every afternoon. Uh, you know that we don't have a game except for you know, you know obviously Sundays is off. Um, just because of our religious, our, our religious beliefs and everything, um, but you know, most weekdays we have a practice, so I'm able to get off of work um, and you know, go go help coach the guys when I can. P- part of that's just you know, it's a small school, so people wear different hats. You know, our athletic director does a lot of stuff himself. You know, we have a lot of people filling different roles, but I'm just able to do that on a daily basis, and then just my my job is to fill in my SID work when I'm not doing the men's soccer stuff but obviously the SID stuff comes first because that's my full-time job so it's just kind of like you know get your SID work done what my boss tells me and then do the do the coaching for the rest of it so yeah that's just trying to find a you know when you can fit work in in the mornings and you know what what days are lighter days and what days are heavier days for different jobs so it's just finding a balance on a weekly basis and let's go back to the bare bones for you kind of like what we usually do for most of our guests here but uh, why did you choose Maranatha in the beginning? Um, what drew you to the school? Well, it was it was kind of an easy choice. Um, they brought my dad out to to coach the men's team and to be the director of the soccer programs, um, and you know he's able to teach some classes in addition to that. So tuition was free for me. So you know, small <laughs> liberal arts school. Um, you know, it was, it was a pretty easy decision. And you know, with just having a chance to have my dad as my coach, as a college soccer player, unique opportunity for sure. Um, and with his coaching pedigree, it's, you know, I, I would have just chosen him. I mean, all, all dad aside, you know, mm-hmm. I would have chosen him as my coach anyway, just because of what he's done in the coaching world. So it was, it was a pretty easy decision. I mean, didn't have to save up for college. I mean, who's going to turn that down if it's a good, good degree. Right. And it's, a, it's a regionally accredited school. So academics are, you know, they look good on your, on your resume as it were. So was your dad a coach like all his life basically? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, 
he started doing it um, right after college and just kind of really just worked his way up. He was just, he did well in the little positions and he just kept, you know, getting promoted and stuff in different areas, ended up working and still works with the U.S. women's national teams. He'll be, you know, he'll coach the U18 or U19 team occasionally. Um, he'll be, he'll do regional camps, national team camps, national coaching schools. So he has the, uh, he has the resume um, you know, that make, makes it look really good. He has, he has a lot of experience and uh, he has the actual coaching expertise to back it up. It's not just all, you know, book knowledge and stuff. He's mm-hmm. very, very effective as a, you know, as a soccer teacher. So it's, it's fun. Makes it, makes it a lot of fun. And how did his career with that influence your decision to pursue a career in athletics? I think it was just developing a taste for it. You know, it was just, you know, you, you learn to love it, you know, as a kid, thank you for this, you know, he, neither he nor my mom actually made me play soccer. It was always my choice. Really thankful for it. Cause I, you know, I'm still, still playing to this day. So it's, I don't think that would have been true if I was ever forced to, but, uh, so I think just growing up with the athletics background and just always being around sports, um, you know, specifically soccer, but just, you know, having interactions, with all other, all of all other sports just made me like it. And I think it's just, you know, you, you develop relationships in, you know, particular, uh, you know, industry, if you want to call it that. And so it's just kind of, you, you stick with what's, what's familiar and what you like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, so, yeah. uh, this, this is kind of a unique situation. You have your dad's still the soccer coach and, yeah, and yeah. you're the SID. So how is that relationship? It's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a good one. It, re- it really is. And it, I'm really thankful for my dad. He's, he's one of my heroes. Um, yeah, he, he actually is. I'm not just saying that, you know, I want to be like him in a lot of areas. And one thing I think I saw is I, uh, I took my tips from him as it were, cause he was my coach, you know, for four years and he did a really good job of treating me neutrally. And I, I don't even know what it's like. I'd imagine it's very hard to do that. So I never thought like, I was getting any special treatment for him from him. Like I knew I had to earn my playing time. Um, I knew he wasn't going to be particularly hard on me just to avoid a, you know, a perceived bias. You know, he, he didn't care. He was, he was there to develop me just like he was there to develop every other player on our team. So I saw that from him. I kind of learned how to balance being family and, you know, accomplishing, accomplishing something outside of family. And just tried to try to kind of do the same thing as an SID with him. So I'll just, you know, if there's something I think is newsworthy about him or about the team, you know, I'll just do it in any in the same way I always do. Um, and I'll just, you know, I'll just try to do a good job of approaching him. I'll just try to do a good job of approaching him like I do any other coach in the school. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of. I don't know, remembering how he treated me during my college career and then just trying to do the, do the same thing to him, just keeping it neutral. So, so what was your very first start in sports information? Uh, first start was, let me think about it. Um, I, well, honestly, f- first start was training for the job. So here's how I got into it. Um, okay. it was, it, I was the president of the student athlete advisory committee during my senior year. And that allowed me to work really closely with our athletic director here and the rest of the athletic staff. 
so we were able to develop a, just a really good relationship. Uh, we worked on a couple of projects that you know the athletic staff had been wanting to get done. So I was able to kind of come in and be the be the boots on the ground for them a little bit, just do some of the grunt work, and uh, just so that that allowed us to develop a good working relationship. And then it just so happened that after I was, you know, the same month I was going to graduate, our SID was going to transition to another job. So our AD asked me to fill the role. Um, I said yes and just started some on-the-job training. So, but, I mean, I guess it goes back to before that. As a as a youth soccer player, I would actually keep the season stats. Just, I'd have like a, a you know, paper in my room and, I don't know, I was just able to remember who scored and who assisted. And so I just, you know, jot it down. And all I did was, you know, season stats, but, you know, games played, yellow cards, goals, assists. So I guess I've been, I've been actually doing SID stuff since I was, yeah. you know, 11, 12 years old. So it's kind of, kind of, kind of fun. So I was always interested in, you know, rosters and schedules and it was just kind of just something I was always interested in. And so it just kind of seemed like a natural fit. What was your transition like for you personally going from, I just graduated college to all of a sudden I'm the head guy. Yeah, it was it was a lot easier, I think, than most people would find it, and that's just I mean it's just simple. I went I went to the school, so I already knew everybody, and you know it's just the being familiar with the people in the place was I think the biggest thing. So it, it really was really a soft, easy transition. It has to do more with you know who's around me, um, more than who I am, because my my boss Rob Thompson he was a he was an SID himself. Um, at Maranatha, so he he knows what the position is like, hmm. and he has all the all the empathy in the world. So he's he is just a phenomenal boss, and I know this has been talked about, you know, on on our SID Facebook groups and stuff. Some some SIDs have former SIDs as their boss, and it really helps things. Mm-hmm. Um, so my boss knows knows what the job is like. He knows what the demands are. Knows what the struggles are, and I, I know that he has my back. 24 seven. And so that's just, that's just phenomenal for me. So it has, has a lot to do with him making the transition easy just because right away I knew, okay, my boss has my back. This is really good. So he has a lot of faith in me. Uh, I don't always deserve it, but you know, he, he always, he always has my back. And, uh, so that, so that, that made it easy. And then I think just knowing the coaches I was working with, um, and uh, honestly knowing a lot of the student athletes, cause I went from playing with them to covering them you know, especially on the men's soccer team. So it was an interesting dynamic for sure. Um, and, you know, t- towards that end on the men's side, I had to be careful about, you know, show- showing any bias right. in how much I promoted them, how I promoted them, just for the people that knew that it was me writing the stuff and, you know, tweeting about them and stuff. Um, so that, that was a little bit of a challenge, I guess. But overall, the transition was just very smooth because of the familiarity and because of, uh, just the understanding and belief in my, of my boss. You just mentioned the relationship that you had to have. You just basically graduated straight off the soccer team, and all of a sudden you got to cover them, and you're also coaching them. How did you walk that fine line? It was, I don't know, it was just, it was a matter of just sitting down and uh, I guess just analyzing on, on a weekly basis, you know, how I'm covering them okay. based on how they're doing. Um and then just just making sure, just trying to separate my uh, my devotion to them, you know, as a as a former player and as a current coach, just trying to just separate in, in your mind, just say, okay, I just need to treat these guys like any other team. If they if they lost and they got pounded, I'm not gonna 
pretend. I'm not going to make excuses for them. I'm not going to, you know, you know, say anything that's really, really stretching it. I'm just going to write the article like I always would. Just you know, state, you know, here's what happened. You know, here's our next game. <laughs> Move quickly on to what's ahead. <laughs> you know, and when they win, I'm not going to elaborate too much. I'm just going to say, yeah, you know, if it was a great goal. I'll, t- I'll talk about it. You know, try to make it so the reader can feel like he's there. But, um, you know, it's just I, I guess it, there's no there's nothing really magic about it. It's just a matter of just having it in your mind. I need to promote these guys in, in a neutral way. But when they do things well, so it really just comes down to. You know, there's, there's no magic. It's just in your mind, you just have to know I have to treat these guys neutrally. So if, so if they do well, I'm going to tell people about it. You know, I'm going to it's going to generate some enthusiastic you know, content on our Twitter page and, you know, social media and the website. Um, you know, I'm going to brag on them when I can, but I'm not going to overdo it. Um, just, you know, just making sure that you're careful. And then when they when they do poorly, I'm not going to make excuses for them. I'm not going to, you know, spin it too hard. It's just, yeah, you know, hey, we lost, props to the other team. Here's when our next game is. So, you know, quickly emphasize what's ahead. So yeah. it's just it's just a matter of just keeping that in your mind, being sensitive to it, um, and knowing that, you know, you could have some, some readers out there that know, hey, this guy, the guy that's writing this story was on that team, so, you know, of course he's going to think this or whatever. You just have to know and just have that sensitivity and just, you know, do a good job of just treating them neutrally. Yeah, but let's talk a little bit about, and this is something that we, we've mentioned a few times here on the show, but what does it mean for you to go back and work for your alma mater? Um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a chance just to, it's probably like anybody's answer, it's just a chance to, you know, just give back to the school that gave me my college degree. Um, you know, it's Maranatha really is, is a great place with some great people. So I think what it means to me is I'm able to, uh, to tell people about the things that Maranatha does well that you you might not know as an outsider. So and that and that's maybe taking a little bit of a, a little bit of time to develop into an actual promotion strategy. But that's something I'm trying to do now and into this year is to really emphasize the people. Because you know if you've been to Maranatha, our facilities are not good. And in, in fact they're pretty they're pretty bad. And you know it's just we have a lot that we that we don't have to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but one of the strengths of the school is the phenomenal people. You know, I said that, you know, the, like my boss, like the rest of the athletic staff. So I think w- whenever I can just tell people about Maranatha in the, in the, in the true sense and where Maranatha's strong suits are, that's what makes it fun. Cause it's just, I, I have a working knowledge of the school as a student and now as an employee. So makes, makes it, makes it fun for sure. Let's talk about the learning curve a little bit for you. We talked about jumping right into it. Were there any things that maybe you hadn't prepared for during that first season of your first ever SID job? Uh, thankfully, I, I had a pretty pretty good training period, okay. so there weren't a whole lot of surprises. Um, but and you know, in terms of what I was responsible for, I had a good good understanding. But I think just the the, the biggest thing for me was just you know, learning how to be efficient and learning how to prioritize different tasks so that you don't have to burn yourself out. You know, my, my first fall, I was supposed to have a GA. We weren't able to fill that position. So I was doing a lot of the work that a GA would do on top of my SID stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, 
you know, having that be combined with my first year and then just all, all the inefficient things you do during your rookie year and just all the things you don't know yet, it, it you know, made it, made it a little bit of a challenge. But I think, I think the biggest thing for me was just learning what should take priority on a daily basis and then just finding a system that works, you know, something that you can develop as a habit um, and something that keeps you on track. So for me, it was just, it was a pretty simple. I just made an Excel spreadsheet that had just a, a, you know, what I had to do just, it was kind of more or less a simple checklist, but it had, you know, due dates and instructions on there too. So that, that seems to work. And I, you know, I still use it now and it's getting a lot more refined, but now I can just sit down and look for the month of August. Okay. Here's what I have to do. And then I can just, you know, I do it and you have to look at the instructions less and less, obviously as you go. Uh, but it's just, it's just good to have something like that to keep you on track that you can always edit. And then most importantly that you develop as a habit. So you always know, or refer to this document if, you know, I don't know what's coming, but Mm -hmm. yeah, just all those things just help you become a little more efficient. I see a lot of posts on the groups on Twitter and things like that, uh, mentioning that they do have a GA position open that, uh, nobody's applied for it, or it's still open. How did you how did you adapt when all of a sudden you were prepared for having a GA and then you didn't have any help at all? Well, it was it wasn't it wasn't maybe as bad as I made it sound. Um, because here's what we did: it goes back to the awesome people, right? right. So we had we had three uh, three exceptional student workers, and they were able to do some of the GA work. So okay. one of the guys, his name is Josh Needler. He's now a, an athletic director at a small Christian school. Um, he, he came in and did like the scheduling of event staff, stuff like that. Um, little odds and ends that he could help me with. He's a very, w- one of the most detail oriented guys I've ever met. Really personable too. So he was, he was phenomenal. Um, another guy, Daniel Newton and, uh, another guy, JD Ray. And actually there was a fourth guy, James Martin. They kind of take, they kind of took on, uh, like a lead event staff role, if you will. Um, so for all practical purposes on game day, they were like a GA. Um, but the, the office work was more or less minimal for them. But when, when they had a shift, they would just kind of stay after, help me with a few things. But, you know, I, I had to do some of it. But they, right. they took they took that weight off a little bit anyway. So so it was it was good. And they were they were phenomenal, phenomenal workers, just like, you know, hopefully the rest of the event staff on a yearly basis, but, but they helped me with it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, using those student workers, maybe recruiting them in any sense. Uh, do you put out call-outs to find these guys? Uh, how do you evaluate these new student workers? We, uh, we, we hand-pick them, and it, it's, it's a system that seems to work pretty well. It's, it's been, and it's, it's all, it has everything to do with the, with the kids. Um, so it's, it's a pretty fun, pretty fun thing. So we, we had... You know, obviously, when I came on, we had an existing existing group of kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so, they were they were there. They they knew how to do game day and stuff. So, and every year, you know, there's three to you know nine kids that will leave. So what we do is we sit down with you know some of the some of the top event staff kids, and we just say, okay, hey, you know the job. Who would make a good fit? And we outline, okay, we're hiring them based on usually four things. It's just commitment. You know, are they going to be able to be here for a shift? Right. Do they have good character? You know, are they are they going to be someone we don't have to worry about? And are they are, are they going to be competent? And 
just you know someone that's going to really really put in a good you know good high quality work um so it's it's, it's just three things it's not four uh, so it's just commitment character and competence and we're able just to get get recommendations from the existing event staff kids and uh and bring on new ones and a, a lot of times it's just it it comes down to uh no sorry there's there's a fourth characteristic too it's it's just to keep it all C's, we call it congeniality. Okay. Is, is this a kid that that kids like? You know, is is this someone that's going to get along with the rest of the men's staff? And you know, and that so so we hire based on those four things, and uh, and so the kids that we bring in, the kids on event staff usually, you know, it's, it's it's a good group of friends, so they all like being with each other. It's a good group of kids that can, you know, turn out some good work, and so we we have fun being with each other, but then also doing game day really well. So it ha- has a lot to do with just, you know, handpicking kids based on certain qualities and then just getting kids that, you know, kids like. So it's just event staff should be fun. That's what, that's what we think. But we should also produce good quality work. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of what drives it a lot. And we give the kids input on a lot of things. So not only on who to hire, um, but we give them input on just how we do things on a daily basis. So we, we developed something. We used to have just have like a master checklist of everything we need to do. And it quickly, we saw this, it was turning into like, okay, everybody was just coming to me and to maybe a GA or an MSF lead and say, Hey, what do we do next? What do we do next? And so we just, with, with all the event staff, we kind of just sat down and just broke it off into individual tracks, we call them. And so they had just a high, high amount of feedback on those, you know, what we, what jobs we should put where, who we should group with who and it seemed to really take off make us make us really efficient on game day and the kids bought in because it was their idea mm-hmm. and oh well i guess they, i should say that they had a lot of input on it so it just it, it works so we just want to make event staff a fun place to work hire kids that are committed that have good character that are get along with other people and that can produce good work so Makes it fun. Those tracks that you mentioned, uh, obviously, when you're you're gone away at a game or something like that, how do you gauge what responsibilities to give your student workers to kind of alleviate that stress for you? Um, that's that's exactly where the tracks come in. Okay. Uh, the, so the so the because everything that we need to do, live stream included, is on those tracks. And that we've gotten them, we refined them a few different times now. So really, you don't have to know event staff. You can basically pick one of those tracks up and just follow it. And it's like a checklist. And ideally, you just follow the track and we're ready for the game. So it's, it's really nice. So I, I really don't have to be here unless it's for doing you know social media and writing a story, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we've had this quite a few times where we've hosted events and I'm not here. And it's, it's a piece of cake. These kids are, these kids are good. And, you know, my GA is very good. So it's, it's fun. And it's all, you know, it's all because they had all this input on it. So we got all of our, all of our minds working together and, you know, it's, it's, it's not too complex either. It's just a, it's a checklist for game day. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, it's like, this isn't, this isn't rocket science or brain surgery. So it, it seems to work really, really well. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea. I like it a whole lot because what we do sometimes is kind of toss people in. You know, can you do this? Can you do that? I can't tell you how many times uh, we've been at a game and we haven't had a – I'm okay with it because I've done it before, but we haven't had a broadcaster show up. 
and they're like, Dave, can you hop down on that chair and do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. But with, with what you got planned is there's already somebody in place for a contingency like that. Um, are these tracks, are they personalized to each individual person or are they preordained, you know, you kind of select where you want to go? Uh, they're more, they're more uh, preordained. So there's, it's usually four tracks. Okay. One of them will be responsible for like the, you know, the team benches, just getting them all set to go. One of them is responsible for the scores table, making sure all the equipment is good to go, working well, set up right. Um, one of them is responsible for, yeah. in our gym, it's kind of unique. We have to set up stuff along the perimeter, like we have to put up padding, which is, you know, it's a, it's a struggle of struggle unique to Maranatha. Um, but so there's a track responsible for that, for say a basketball game. And there's a track responsible for getting the live stream up and running. So what, sometimes, you know, it's we have to train kids on the job. But if me or Chuck, my GA, if we're here, we're just able to say, hey, you know, Asa, come here. We're going to learn how to set up live stream. Then he, then he knows, you know, these kids are sharp, so they pick it up really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just predetermined, like it's responsible for a, almost like a physical location of the right. actual event. Okay. Um, but it works really well. And then if, if we have any problems with... Uh, well, we try to avoid problems with the with the really technical positions. Well, relatively, I guess, like stuff like scoreboard, stuff like live stream camera, live stream computer. Um, nobody is on those positions unless they've practiced in our office ahead of time. Okay. So it's 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 pretty simple and it, it works pretty well. Um, and this is where my GA comes in. He's phenomenal with this. Um, but he'll he'll bring in guys who want to train somebody on stats. Uh, my GA. And one of our student workers who knows how to do it, we'll just sit down with him. They'll pop in some game film and say, "All right, let's let's learn it. Here we go." Um, so it's it makes it fun and it makes the game day smoother than it would be. You know, it doesn't it doesn't totally it's not a total safeguard for problems because right. you know, things happen, kids space out, this happens, this happens. But just with the type of kids that we that we're able to bring in um, with their work ethic. And just our, our training, things that we have in place, I, I think it, it generally runs pretty well. Okay, awesome. I, I like it a whole lot. Um, we only have one worker. But, well, actually, that's a lie. We do have – we're kind of split in between the uh, the RTV, radio, television, and then we got our department. And RTV schedules their own people, and they bring them over here. Um, Personally, I would like more hands-on type of thing with that, but that might be something that we might explore here in the future. Um, I would like to transition part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions, and yeah. you are already prepared that you have told me. So uh, what's your favorite memory? Uh, favorite memory, I would have to say it's, well, it's, it's two different ones. One, it was just kind of fun. Last year covering our volleyball team, they had a third consecutive NCCAA Division II National Championship, so it was fun to, fun to cover that and just see – see the accomplishment there because it's you know just even in nccaa that's a pretty good achievement so that was cool in terms of what to cover but uh, honestly i think my favorite memory has just been getting getting help from other sids and it's just been cool to see really the sid community is it, it kind of feels like you know family in some ways in that people look out for each other and they help each other right so I've, I've gotten some great help um bounce ideas off of david petroff over at edgewood he's helped me out with some things um luke stanchik down at iit he's been he's been great he's helped me out with with stats broadcasting stuff just general feedback stuff with presto like he's been he's been great um got other uh, other help like guys like uh chris parker he helped when we were transitioning to presto he helped me understand you know the back end of the site and how it works um and just just 
other people too have just helped me with various questions here and there. So just being, you know, being a young SID don't, don't know a whole lot. So it's, you need the vets to come mm-hmm. in and, you know, help you out when you need it. Um, so these, these guys have been great. And uh, there's, there's other people too, for sure. But some of the main guys are those guys. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Last year's live stream for our soccer field, it was it was uh, incredible how many different ways it didn't work. We we <laughs> tested it during preseason, worked perfectly, did not work once all season. So th- thankfully we had a backup plan, which was not ideal, but you know we made it work. We got a stream out there. We streamed to Facebook Live, but that that system, I'm so glad we're not using it anymore. It's just it just made up ways to to go down so that was that was a horror story for sure but you know all, all things considered it really wasn't that bad what's well, one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession i'd say uh just welcome the best way to do something no matter who it comes from because they, they could be you know someone that you think you know more than that person but they'll give you a good good way to do something or a good idea be willing to say, hey, yeah, like, it's, that's good. I'm going to try to do that. Or, you know, a lot of times it comes from someone who's qualified to give you advice, as we say. <laughs> but I, I'd say just be able to be able to accept advice from anyone. And you have to lose your ego. Um, you can't pretend like you have all the answers. And when you get more minds working on how to do your job well, you're going to do it better. Cool. Uh, this is kind of a loaded question here, but uh, what makes a good SID in your mind? Oh, man. You can say like you know any trait, I think. But for me, it's it's someone who produces high quality work. So you know your your Twitter page is updated. You have you know you spell things right. You know whatever <laughs> you're able to write. You know stories that people want to read. Um, but I I think a good SID is someone who makes other people feel valued. And that's I don't know maybe that's not said as much. And it's it's a hard line to 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 walk. Um, but I think just making other people feel like you're, you're pulling for them, you know, whether it be student athletes, just, you know, saying when it's not on game day, Hey, you know, great game last night. You know, it's great to see you do well, whatever, um, strategies like, you know, get, giving your coaches input on how their team gets promoted, you know, going to them and say, Hey, you know, you, you really know your team better than I do. How would you like your public image to be, you know, when, when we promote you guys on social media and on the website, and just kind of, you know, hearing back from, hearing back from them, and just, you know, just tr- trying to make them feel valued um, as much as you can. Like, set, if there's an article about them, send it to them before you post it. Say, hey, look this over. You know, wh- what are your thoughts? Um, you know, let them know when it goes live. Thanking them, just little things like that. Um, just making them feel valued as much as you can. Respect them, and I think it'll, it'll go a long way for you. What's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? I would say uh, social media strategy in what to post besides you know just the regular game day stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes good content without without forcing content, um, and maybe maybe how to work with sponsors a little bit better. Just yeah. you know you know what how to treat them. You know how to go about it. What prices to do all that. Just all that kind of stuff. It's my, my knowledge of that is is pretty basic. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, work life balance. What do you do to have fun? I get to play soccer still, which is pretty fun. Uh, in, in the summer, it generally heats up more in the summer, but it's a year-round thing. Um, 
you know, this goes back to my boss being just phenomenal. His, his rule for me is, Taylor, just get your work done. Make sure, you know, if, if you're not here, things can run as if you were. And then we just, if there's ever a conflict, I just ask his permission. And when it, when it works, he lets me go play. When it doesn't, you know, he lets me know, absolutely fair enough, that SID is my first job. But get to do that, and it make, makes it pretty fun. So get to keep doing what I love. Awesome. Well, the next time someone is in uh, the Maranatha, what is it, Watertown, uh, neck of the woods, yep. what's your restaurant recommendation? Uh, I would have to say I'm, I'm a simple guy. El Mariachi is just a, is a Mexican place on, uh, on Church Street. Just it's good food. Watertown is a small town, right? It doesn't really have right. a whole lot to offer. But there, there's some good places to eat. I think yeah, El Mariachi is on the top of my list. But pretty, pretty good Mexican food. Just don't go there on Friday nights. They have the uh, Mariachi band playing live and <laughs> – it's loud in there. You can't hear yourself think. So yeah, yeah. I'm not a big uh, live music guy. We went to a, we went to like a German food and beer fest, and they had like live German bands. You know the, uh, what is that called? Bavarian kind of stuff. And I was like, this is not my crowd. Uh, yeah, well, I do not enjoy that. But um, I found your name via the College Sports Graphic Design Group. If anybody else saw your name on there or they had any questions for you, maybe they want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it? Best way is just email uh, taylor.pill at mbu.edu. Uh, shoot me an email there. You can uh, DM me on Twitter if you want, at jtaylorpill. Get back to you as soon as I can. Awesome. Cool. Well, Taylor, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate it, Davis. Got a good thing going here. Well, guys, there you have it. Next week, we will have Blake Tim of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I actually just got done talking to him today. Uh, there was a great conversation. We got a lot of work-life balance things to discuss. A great back and forth that we had there. So I'm very, very excited for that one. But I hope you guys did enjoy this one. Like I mentioned, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. And don't miss out on this event we got coming up for our year two anniversary. You can sign up at sidcast.fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E.fm slash newsletter and you can also follow us on social media on twitter and facebook at sports infocast on both of those platforms email me anytime sportsinfocast at gmail.com like i mentioned blake tim next week rob knox the week after and i have to catch you guys in the next episode